0: Welcome to the Lion's Roar Dharma Center podcast from Dona Darge Temple. This public talk by Lama Yeshe Jinpa was recorded during a regularly scheduled Monday evening teaching.
1: This month uh, we're having a uh, short uh, retreat, or it could be long, but I'm giving one day of teachings Saturday the 21st at Lotus View. How many people are thinking of coming? Okay. So, uh, let's see, who over here is coming? Who wants to come? Okay, so. You have been good, yeah. So, uh, to give these teachings properly, um, uh, we need the proper teacher, the proper setting, and the proper motivation and, and background, so that's why um, you know we're giving it a nice uh, retreat area, and uh, we're setting aside specific time and uh, going over uh, uh, wonderful material. From the student side, you know I need people that are refuge students, so I'm I'm willing to do. Uh, a refuge ceremony before the retreat um, I may not be able to bring Geshla over here but uh, uh, that, that might be a possibility so if uh, people who want to do the retreat but haven't taken refuge then they can do that um, but then you have to decide like real soon um so, a refuge is uh, um, a word that you know or translation, and uh, it means we're we're going to something that's valid and true, and, and in our tradition we we do uh, actually a threefold refuge. It's a nice refuge ceremony incorporating uh, the. Hinayana Pradima, you know, Hinayana five precepts, the Mahayana Bodhicitta, and also uh, the tantric practices of uh, seeing one's teacher as a Buddha. I decided doing this a number of years ago because sometimes if you start people off on uh, individual liberation practice, they never leave it. (laughs) And I want to bring students all the way through. The whole program, if possible. So it's best to tell people ahead of time uh, here's the whole mountain you have to climb instead of just saying, you know, here's one portion and then trying to encourage them uh, to, you know, take the next leg of the trip. So the practice um, that we do, the refuge practice that we do, is actually, I like calling it the refuge sadhana because it's more than just reciting. I go to the Buddha for refuge, you're bringing in all the uh, tantric beings, the Dakas and dakinis and, and bodhisattvas and so forth. And I've been quite, if I can say so, mostly successful that way, and people have known what they've kind of, what they're doing, and they've been able to see uh, far enough ahead in the path not to be discouraged. The other important part about taking refuge is actually know what you're doing. Um, and that's part of the Buddhist study program. My experience is people that develop real renunciation of samsara and all their habitual craziness and addictions, and they actually have confidence in the path and the teacher stick with it if we don't have confidence, we tend to you know uh, you know like go off after, after a while or and confidence includes Lacking confidence includes being arrogant, right? <laughs> this is Buddhist thinking. So if you're arrogant, you actually lack confidence. So my experience with people that study and really know, okay, this is, this is the basics of the path, um, then they stick with it. Everyone who's actually done enough study here has stayed with it, actually. That's really amazing, right? <clears throat> because the thing that happens in study is you become, uh, like Manjushri, very uh, sweet and gentle in your approach to things, which means you don't always have to be right. <laughs> and they don't always have to be wrong. Uh, Manjushri means you like stay interested. So in the study program in particular, but also uh, in the whole Buddha Dharma program we do here, I'm not so much interested in having people get the right answer as to uh, enjoy the path and do the proper mode of investigation because uh, usually whatever position we take now if we had to like kind of write out here's my belief in reality here's my understanding of what the Buddha said probably everybody in here would represent uh, a Buddhist school at one time or another honestly it's such a huge tradition, so there there would be there's such a wide range, right? Actually, in the whole Buddhist history, and and now also with all the different schools and teachers of how they see things, that probably everybody here, at least everybody that I know that's written an essay on the Guardian, would fit into one school or another. So it's kind of hard to get it like totally wrong, because according to at least one kind of way of looking at it you may have kind of it right. But that's not the really the point is can you understand with some clarity what your position is about like who you are, what the universe is, or what nature of reality, what's the self, blah blah. And can you defend it, but also can you criticize it intelligently? Our tradition is like we could turn ourselves around and actually criticize our own position intelligently. We know how we got there, we know, uh, and we we know like uh, what the flaws in our argument might be. that's a really powerful way of studying, right? This is just kind of deciding like, "Oh, well, this is right i 'll just join that you know football club that's the right No, we have to know how we got there. So tonight I want to talk a little bit more about how we study uh, because that style of studying that's open-ended, and is interested in how uh, other people are doing things, and interest how we do things, is called RME or unbiased. We should be getting together for like coffee or a discussion group, and just kind of saying, well, this is the way. This is what I think Nagarjuna said. This is what I think how it really works. This is my experience. This is what I thought this text said. This is what I thought appreciate this. This is what Padma Sambhava said, and just kick it around. You don't have to get the like right answer. But you do have to know like, well, where did the answer come from? Did it come through direct cognition? Did it come through inferential cognition? Did it come through reading a text? Did it come through directly hearing from uh, a Buddha from one's teacher or something like that? So you know where the information comes from, and you know how to both defend it and uh, criticize your own position. That's interesting, right? Usually people don't do that. They just say, oh, I'm going to decide what's right, and their whole world is living inside um, a courtroom with Judge Judy or something, <laughs> you know. Oh, your Honor, let me explain how I'm right, and the other person's wrong, and then the other person says, let me explain how I'm right, and they're wrong. <clears throat> We, we want to escape from that inner judge. We want, we want to go to real knowledge, not just opinion. So in the study, um, you may be reading like Nagarjuna and Lama Tsunkapa, and you may decide, well, I don't really exactly think those guys got it. Here's what I think. So I'm giving you a little bit uh, a headline ahead of time with what uh, question I'll be asking a little bit with ocean reason using like um, where would you criticize Lama Sankapa? I want you to understand it but you have to understand a little bit to make an intelligent criticism, right? <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: there never to be a real clear concise answer in the same sense that... Uh, I believe my understanding is uh, 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 here. okay well this goes back to my understanding of the first noble truth which is that we're suffering because we don't know who, what we are and we're not we're not that ego self, there is no self, according to Nagarjuna. so what are we uh, emptiness are we uh just the void
1: is that what, okay, so what 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 does Nagarjuna say about that
0: I can't really make that out, I
1: mean, yeah, so one of these little things it, sometimes like if you have like the uh, his translation, right?
0: Well, it's all conventional yeah. or absolute. And then it go, it just goes back and forth. And it just goes, okay, so that's correct in conventional reality. But we're saying this is not correct in absolute reality. So, I mean, we're living here, right? we uh-huh. conventional reality. I'm here. But I know I'm not this. I've had experience where I am not a body.
1: Uh-huh. So, whatever. So, uh, it would be useful to... Uh, sometimes it's useful just to read like Jay Garfield's commentary right because yeah. we read the text and we get a little confused and then it's useful just to read like the summaries toward the end right because um, uh, if we make a big separation between what's called absolute and conventional truths we're going to be in trouble right so that's a little hint right now, so if we're from making big dualistic thing between those two truths uh, you know we're in trouble so one of the ways of cutting through that uh, you know a little bit uh, you know I said okay, here's a little bit of help to to read uh, uh, what's Graham's last name and the uh, in praise woodhouse. of woodhouse. yeah Graham woodhouse monk monk Grahams. Uh, translation of uh, in praise of uh, relative what's it called?
0: Dependent Relativity
1: That's it, good Being difficult unknowing Lama here hear that. What? Yeah, so that's a nice commentary, Dependent Relativity right? Yes. Yeah, in praise of Dependent Relativity Lama Sankapa's poem uh, which he composed oh, okay. you know, after his realization experience Okay yeah. So that you want to take a look at, right? Sure. Yeah, like that.
0: I've got it. No,
1: actually, I don't. I don't think it's translated in the long room, is it?
0: I thought so because I've read it. Okay. It's a friendly letter. Oh, no, it's
1: not no, no, it's not a letter to a friend. That would be. No, that would in the garden. So. Yeah. But that was a song cover. Book. Yeah. So. So you you could look at you could look at that book and then, then we can talk, right? Because if we're going to use a certain language, you, you want to be familiar with the language system, right? So if we're going to say absolute and relative truth, then, then we want to be sure, like, then you have to do a little scholarship behind, like, okay, this is, this is what they're kind of saying by absolute and conventional truth. And this is kind of what my understanding is when he's saying dependent relativity. And then I'll answer your question. It's, just, yeah. it's almost like, yeah. well,
0: why bother with absolute reality? There's just nothing we can do about it.
1: There's no, you know, you're there, or you're not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, actually, it's not quite like that. <laughs> Even though you don't know what water is, uh, we're, we're still benefiting from drinking a nice glass of water, right? Well, we do know
0: what water is. Yeah. So. So, so I'm in this world, in the conventional
1: world, we know what everything is, supposedly. Yeah, so there's, there's just briefly, when, when you take a look at it, of course, the benefit of people here, when, when we misunderstand what the conventional world is, when we misunderstand relativity, then, then we get into trouble, right? When we make the conventional world into absolute, then we get into a problem. Or making absolute into conventional, then we get into a problem. But uh, they're like uh, two like railroad rails that our bodhicitta locomotive runs on. So uh, that that's worth looking at. You know, the interesting thing is that uh, language does make a difference. The what? Language does make no a difference. Idea. And intellect does make a difference. Um, (laughs) It's a weird story, but years ago, in the 80s, uh, my wife and I moved from Nevada City to Sacramento and had to sell one house, right? And buy another one in Citrus Heights. So during that time of escrow, uh, I started getting, like, my nose became very red like Pinocchio or not Pinocchio like uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer like uh, there's a word for it I can't remember the medical term you know like all the blood goes there and at first it was kind of funny Uh, people were asking whether I was drinking or something like that but then it really began to hurt right and everything I did uh, you know like relaxation or meditation or yoga or just kind of going, I know this is stress, and nothing, nothing went away, didn't go away. However, uh, I got a telephone call from the realtor saying at one point, you know, towards maybe the 30-day period, oh, the house is closed. Just verbal, right? So I understand uh, what that meant. Right, house closed, Right. They're just the words, right? And within five minutes, like all the symptoms gone. yeah, yeah. So that shows that the power of, of understanding and intellect, right? So, well, how uh, do call that, that?
0: Yeah. Is that absolute reality? There's nothing, I mean, that was beyond the control, <clears throat> so to speak.
1: Yeah, that's not the right way to look at absolute reality. But first, you need to read it, and then we'll have the discussion. Otherwise, Otherwise, my water will go into a cup that's not ready yet, right? So that's the, that's the very important part about the Dharma practice, is uh, yeah, we, we have to have uh, a certain kind of container that yeah, that I the water, the, that yeah, the water will go in. Yeah, it's frustrating. I have
0: been doing this for a long time. Yeah. I've been doing it on the experience only, not... You know, I, so, I, I verify my experiences by reason,
1: and I... So now, now your is are conventional, or... Wh- conventional. So why not drop it? Why not drop your anger and frustration, if it's conventional? You're making it absolute. I'm right. I'm frustrated with studying. Uh, uh-huh. Give me the answer right now. Yeah. If it's conventional, then it should be easy, Right? If it's conventional, or, you could call it water or agua, or you can make up another name, right? It, 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 yeah, I mean, All right. So it's when we make the conventional world uh, very solid. Actually, we can never make the conventional world uh, uh, do exactly what you want to do. So you're right about control. But when it becomes very solid, then it's a problem, right? But if we see the conventional world as it truly is, which is very fluid then we don't have to be right.
0: Well, from a quantum perspective, our conventional world only happens yeah. through
1: mm-hmm. our senses. No, no. no that's, that's what Yeah, is yeah that's, that's Western science. That's not Dharma. <clears throat> yeah. So it's important to read. When we read the text, then we can, we have kind of, we're like, we're uh, joining a certain language system. And then we can have that discussion. Otherwise, we're on different premises, right? It's weird, but we have to at least start from, you know, saying premises. Well, okay, we're going to accept these definitions. We're going to accept this to start with. And then, then you start a certain kind of way of learning like that. So that's one reason for doing the study, too, is because then we say, okay, we accept these premises. So I know you're reading a book by some Dharma teacher, right? can't remember. Illuminated... The big, there's a big book you're reading, right? Well, the, um, yeah. Not that one, but... No, not that one, but... Some Western Dharma teacher, I can't remember, or that uh-huh. combines...
0: Yeah, there's another Shana
1: couple. book. No, 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 no. So, yeah, some, so there's a Western Dharma book. Now I'll think about it, you know, Illuminated Mind or something like that. So he, can, he brings in things from different perspectives a little bit... Mostly Theravada, mostly kind of that and a little bit of Western science, right? So then it, you know, and then when we try to bring that into Sankhapa, then, you know, we have, we're not really doing remade because you're mixing kind of language systems. So the tricky part of Dharma is, yeah, we have to kind of going, well, what what language system are we in now? What, What premises are we starting with? and see what the limits and the strengths of those premises are, and then, then we can bring in another system like that. So that's, that's why we have to get, if we're going to argue from a certain point of view, then, then we have to be really good at it, you see, like that. And then we take it to its limit, and then we see what limit uh, the other side has. So if we're talking about conventional and ultimate realities, then we have to be really clear, that's a certain language system, right? like uh, you know, like Jane Austen isn't talking about conventional ultimate realities, right? <laughs> you could say, let's read Pride and Prejudice and look for a conventional, you know. We might be able to read in, right? But it has a certain, you know, maybe a little bit like she's talking about like social conventions and, uh, you know, a little bit. But it's different, right? So once we accept a certain kind what? If we start with something using certain language system, like if we talk about, you know, sanity or something within uh, the psychological world, you know, DSM or something like that, then that's one kind of language system. But it's a little different language system in U.S. court of law, right? A little different system. It's confusing, right? That's why I, I kind of lose my stuff when. You know, I, I do it too, you know, but we say ego this or ego that. So we're taking psychoanalysis <laughs> Freudian sense, you know, just label itself and, and calling that kind of, you know, self centeredness ego. So I try not to do that, but I, I can't help it. I'm putting ketchup on my own ice cream. And uh, actually Connor tells me it <laughs> tastes pretty good. Yeah. I know, I know you're gonna do it, so they're gonna be there. So that's the wonder of doing the scholarship is is we get very um, much uh, integrity about what our language system is which, which way are we talking and then, and then seeing that that's why Nagarjuna and the Madhyamaka system is both fun and, and really annoying and so is Sankapa really annoying because it's kind of saying no, you're, you're in my kind of box and you're using that language system so let's take it to its limit and see how functional it is so he's taking all these traditional Buddhist ideas, just like the Heart Sutra, and deconstructing all of them. So it's difficult, right? But it, me- it means starting out with understanding what language system we're in. So that's why we have to do a little scholarship and, and definitions ahead of time. And then it'll make sense. Because we can't, we can't immediately start comparing like, quantum physics with with absolute or conventional realities is going to be different. So this is good discussion. This is good discussion today. So get together in groups and say, okay, I'm reading this and this is my understanding and this is my understanding of this. And it's okay to quote, just like Lama Tsongkhapa does, pulling from all these different sutras, right? It's okay to do that. Later we're going to read uh, Things from a little bit different perspectives. So, um, just the main body of the talk I wanted to give today is um, why why Dharma is confusing <laughs> in the West. <laughs> 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 so is a little so, <clears throat> uh, in in India they um, they actually weren't. Uh, they probably were not as organized as the Tibetans were. Um, uh, and the Tibetans like to really organize things uh, when, it, when all the teachings finally came. And uh, they like to order things like okay, here are these four schools. Here's the, you know, Lavashikas, here's the Satrantikas, you know, here's the chitta-mantra and Yogacharans, and here's the Madhyamakans, right? So they like to organize that. And which is higher and more profound or whatever. Um, but even within the Madhyamakans, uh, you know, there was some debate about, like, uh, as still ongoing, like, are they, is it, are things, like, totally empty of themselves or are they just empty of what they're not? So, those became, like in Tibet to be known as Rantung and Shentung. Um, so, kind of the, like, totally empty, uh, even of itself, uh, appears to be, you know, like, a position that's very, really, like, close to uh, Lama Kapas, you know, just in Nagarjuna, it's just like, da-da-da, empty-empty, right, like... Um, and with with other teachers, a lot of times when they're reading texts from uh, other teachers, particularly from a Yogacara point of view or a Mahamudra point of view, uh, they're talking about mind all the time and luminosity. And they're not, you know, uh, there are not a lot of emptiness words in Tilopa's, uh teachings on Mahamudra, right? You know? So what gives, right? <laughs> So that's sometimes called shentong, which is like things are empty of what they're not, but they're full of uh, uh, the qualities, Buddha qualities, right? Such as knowing, you know, luminosity and expressiveness and compassion, things like that. So uh, actually, uh, you know, sometimes in America people, because we like <laughs> go, I'm this, and then... <laughs> I'm that. I'm Ronda, No, I'm Shant. You know those kinds of things. But actually, all the great teachers, including Lama Tsongkhapa, are very interested in saying, how 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 do we uh, reconcile these two viewpoints? And in the refuge practice, we do. Uh, we we have this uh, lineage tree there. You have uh, profound profound view and profound activity. The two kind of styles of teaching. One is like, how things uh, must be from, uh, you know, kind of Rantang point of view, how things must be from Shentong point of view. So you have all these people lined up like that. So we have Nagarjuna, Buddha Palita, Chandrakirti um over here. And then you have uh, Maitreya Sangha over here. Right? <clears throat> because of course even uh, Buddha nature is talked about by all the schools right Garba, right the uh, matrix of the Buddha right right he starts
0: this school,
1: right? yeah the yeah culture. right so three principal aspects so <clears throat> so when it comes right down to it you know sometimes we could say a very strict um uh approach is really just don't hold on to anything like that. Just don't make, you know, like we'd say in Mahanmood, just don't make anything. But we can't totally stop there because we talk about wisdom, right? There has to be a knowing, right? Obviously some something that's you know, (laughs) screwy, and then something that sees what's going on. So we have to talk about that. We have to talk about the path. We have to talk about, like, what knows and what, you know, uh, what propels us and what motivates us, right? It can't be just, uh, you know, nothing, 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 right? Of course, if we read uh, Nagarjuna very closely and read Sankapa very closely, um, we see that actually because of realizing profound emptiness we can have the wisdom and the karma and we have the four noble truths so we have realization, right? So emptiness isn't a nihilism and uh, Yogacara, mind only isn't like some form of Advaita Vedanta they go together so later on in the course we'll be seeing uh, how how those two operate together But a little hint is uh, it isn't like a contest between absolute and conventional truth. It's a discussion really about how we uh, do the path and uh, how we come to realization. So... uh, let's leave it open for a few minutes for some questions and uh, I hope I haven't confused you more but in our just a little hint, I mean in our tradition in all the Tibetan traditions we we talk both talks just so you know even Heart Sutra which is seen as definitive teaching uh, it cancels everything out, right? All, it goes through it goes through skandhas, it goes through all the Abhidharma categories, the ayatnas and the datus and everything. It goes through <laughs> Four Noble Truths, it goes through the Twelve Nidanas, da 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 But then, you know, um, it says bodhisattvas rely and dwell in this strange thing, perfection of wisdom, without obscuration, without fear. So they reach the end point in nirvana. They dwell... In the three times, so what's going on here? Where are
0: these realized people? I'm just going all this stuff. Where the where the realized people? Yeah. So,
1: do you see realized people through the marks or a form? That's the hard part. So, how do we see? How do we see realization? Do we see it? Does it have a little sign? Does Does realization have a sign? You know, you get get further out in the realm of nothing or something and then you are approaching realization so <laughs> you know maybe we could argue from that standpoint so that would be a debate it's like well should there be a sign so the buddha said it's a signless and the wishless right or should there be a sign? What are the signs of accomplishment or realization, right? So these would be that would be an interesting debate situation. But we have to like know like if we use the terms like signless and wishless, you know, something like that, how how is it used within the language system? If we're talking about Prajnaparamita and perfection of wisdom, uh, you know, how is it understood within the context, within that audience, within that language system? Otherwise, we'll end up going, well, oh my goodness, we have, we have you know, Prajna, shara, we have uh, Vidya, you know, uh, Rigpa, and then we have Jhana, Yeshe, you know, like, oh my God, do I have to have three of those? Right? You know, that everyone who's taken refuge has my lineage name, Yeshe, right? Well, it's a good name, you know, it means like, you know, primordial knowledge. But... Um, someone might say oh i wish i wish one of my names was Rigpa, right because that's better than you know yeshe or somebody would say i really want just sherap you know because that's translated as prashaparm you know so are these different or same <laughs> same different mutually mutually exclusive yeah can be so uh Sometimes it's tempting to uh, draw upon my Zen training, where um, if you'll say they're the same, you'll be hit, and if you say they're different, you'll be hit. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so at some point, we do have to have actual, you know, non-mediated, uh, immediate, direct perception, right? All the all the traditions say this. We, we can't just totally you know get there just okay that's the correct scholarly position right sometimes people criticize uh, Gillllips school they say, oh they're just scholars, but uh, everyone the teachers we brought here very profound teachers done a lot of retreat like uh, Kung she said you know i I've done all the scholarship right I'm just meditating now right so we have to do. We have to do the scholarship because it makes a difference so that when we hear the words, your house is closed, the, uh, the symptoms will disappear. Because then I understood what that meant, you see. But right now, if I say, when we, and we haven't prepared ourselves, uh, you know, uh, the mind is completely free and liberated, that won't liberate you, right? Because you haven't prepared enough. But if we say the, if we say if we prepared enough and we say the right thing at the right time, you will you will have that experience. There will be a pith instruction, and you prepared and you'll go. Oh yeah. So we we can test ourselves a little bit like that. We should be able to like read like even Heart Sutra, or let alone you know really deep mahamudra Sutra text, and just kind of go like. Yeah, that's it. I'm done, right? The reason we can't is not just because we haven't done enough meditation. We don't actually understand what it means. Because I understood what it means, like your house is closed, (laughs) then I, I had liberation from those symptoms like that. The unfortunate part, in some ways, is we have all these teachings since the time of the Buddha, and... Uh, there's slightly different metaphors used and language system used. So I feel you know, like there are just so many different versions. In some sense, uh, you know, it, was, it was kind of easier, I think, for a lot of people during the Buddhist time because, first of all, I was teaching like 45, 50 years. Using probably, his teaching changed over time, but it was very consistent. So you, you'd kind of the words and the non-conceptual experiences and the path would all kind of line up, but now they don't quite line up because we 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 hear a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, and you know we don't get the language system. We don't get how it ties in with our actual experience. So that's what we want to do in retreat, as much as possible in daily life, is have the language system tie in with what we do. That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. I I said there'd be some questions, and then I kept talking, so I should stop here for a second. You need the mic, of course. Um, So is there like an outline or a school book that tells us the position that our school holds on all of these little issues that we can compare and contrast to what we were studying in these wonderful old tusks? Well, actually there's, uh, in um, the monastic traditions, they have, now, than they, Mm -hmm. or we have, um, uh, kind of um, cliff notes versions. (laughs) It's a little bit more profound like that. You know, uh, rig. You know, like study guides, actually, for for these positions. Can you get them?: There are a few. Um, the study guides just just so we all take a deep breath. The study guides actually sound worse than the original text. <laughs> yeah, just so you get all excited like that will simplify things no, it'll make it worse <laughs> because they're just you know, they, the study guides assume you've done all this stuff because they've come later you know, written in the 18th century 17th century you know, 500 years past Lama and and of course they went way past like Arjuna and Buddhapalita and Chandra Kirti, stuff like that so um, the this is my opinion, okay so, actually, you know some some of the scholars that have arisen in our generation or third generation scholars, almost or fourth generation Western scholars, are actually writing some really good commentary, you know, just really good stuff uh, you know so that's why I wanted people to read Jake Garfield's translation because you know uh, there's really good stuff there. these are people that. Uh, you know, have a background in Western philosophy and studied, you know, no Tibetan and things like that. So in a sense, it's, from my side, having done all this, it's, it's easier to read the originals with a good Western scholarship kind of commentary and backup because it's talking to our particular language system. Because you'd, you'd read the monastery textbooks and they would still be in a totally different language system. Uh, it would be like, um, you know, you're trying to figure out how your cell phone works and you're reading, uh, uh, you know, Newton's treatise on gravity or something. You just, you know, it, it wouldn't work. It would it'd be very difficult. Do we just lose something? No. Oh, okay. Just a little pop. Yeah, that's our electrical system. Yeah, we we would need uh, a Western, uh, you know, thing on on the monastic textbooks. Also, the other reason is I have a certain bent toward. Let, let's read some of the original texts. Uh, first, before we read a commentary, so we're able to start forming our own relationship with these teachers and their texts, instead of, you know, first, uh, you know, uh, you know, having to look through someone else's eyes first. Yeah. There's some good overviews. Um, reading one now of, you know, the Indian Buddhist things, um, you know, like Nagarjuna and uh, Chandrakirti and stuff like that. But um, th- there's no one kind of this is the book by Bob Thurman that explains everything. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't trust in
0: you Like a 20-page outline.
1: A 20 page outline. A, a the yeah. <clears throat> uh, there there's some there's some books that are are uh, pretty good that uh, give some overview a little bit that you know, zero in on things. I, I think I put some of them like supplementary reading on the list or something. Well, there's one book. I don't. Did I put Andy Carr's book on that? You know, maybe. Uh, so, if people would like some more supplementary literature, I'm, I'm willing to provide that. That's real thin. Real thin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what you want to do? What you want to do with this to make it easier? I think I've gone over it, but. Uh, you know, you, you want to read the uh, index first, you know, the outline, I mean, and then you go to the summary, and then you read it in between. And you, you want to read it uh, in uh, a special kind of way. You don't want to read it like you're reading a college book and you've, you're going to be tested on every line. You, you want to let it kind of uh, absorb into you. That's why they, this is a style. So you, you're kind of hearing from a whole different lot of ways and it's going to go uh, also in on some kind of, use uh, Western term like subliminal level, something like that. So you can be reading along and you don't quite get it and then three pages down you might get it. So you shouldn't be reading like, I gotta get this before I go on to the next this which is the lesson how to do the path. If you've got to get this before you go on to this, you're really screwed. You, you have to kind of go this, kind of go, well, okay, I don't know exactly how this works, but uh, my heart's beating and I'm breathing, and I might be studying anatomy and physiology, but I don't know really how it works, but actually it, something's working. So that's why we should take actually when you're doing actual study like this uh, that's why I've said to people you need to take refuge in bodhicitta vals and have you know authentic teachers because otherwise you're always going to have to like know exactly what what's next before you go on to the next step and you won't get it so the, the book is long but you you, you want to get the overall flow of how uh, you know of, uh, how it goes. It's just like a long novel. So a couple of years ago, I read like *The Goldfinch*. They're making that into a movie. Anybody read the book? <laughs> little small little letters, you know. It's like, right? Like, better on Yeah. So, I mean, you could take any of these incredible books and like, go. Uh, Story of a traumatized boy deals with his trauma, and why can't we just read that and be done? You know? so that's part of how these texts are—they're they're meant to kind of uh, soften your brain up a little bit to where you kind of give up surface level thinking and you kind of click into, you know, uh, actual level of mind. It's the same way in meditation practice. Um, most people start meditation practice whether it's they're starting just and dharma or starting every day are kind of with just your ordinary unexamined self-consciousness right and most people who are not professional bodhisattvas like us they're thinking all i have to do is take this kind of ordinary consciousness that i accept uncritically and just make it better i'll just improve this ordinary consciousness of me and I'll just be better with it. Instead of seeing the point of the Dharma practice is actually to kind of break down that ordinary sense so that we can meditate uh, and realize things from an actual mind. It's interesting, right? So, of course, it feels terrible when we're trying to understand things uh, with our ordinary mind that you know we grew up with uh, and it's hard. But you're, you're meant to like uh, click into a little bit more intuitive level like that. You know, as a therapist, I mostly talk to adults now, right? And you can have all kinds of adult discussions about people's stuff. But you can't do that with five-year-olds, right? You have to get down on the floor with them. And you're not going to be interviewing a five-year-old the same way you're talking to a 40-year-old, right? You have to tune in to kids, right? Or even younger kids if you're working with them. You're going to do play therapy or you're going to do sand tray or any kinds of expressive kind of art, right? So you have to use a different kind of mind. Yeah. So that's the same way with the teachings. It's It's going to frustrate our ordinary thing of we, we want to know, you know each step. Just you know, just read through it. Like that's kind of like okay, like all right. So I said, I mean, he's saying it over and over, so actually it gets a little easier, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, he says it over and over. Yeah, he says it over and over.
0: It's like he's constantly driving home that if things weren't empty, you couldn't do it.
1: That's right. So you know, it could be kind of. It should get actually a little bit boring. Which, which might be more difficult. Like, I've heard this. Okay. But actually, uh, if you treat all of these as pith instructions that could turn your life totally around, then it's correct. That's why I told that example like, the house is closed and all the symptoms. Words are important. If someone we love and want to be with says, I don't love you anymore. Bang! Right, that's going to be a response, right? So you're not just getting information. So he says, "I want a divorce. I'm done." That's right. Or, "I love you. Let's go." Just, you know, I bought tickets, you know, to Bali. You go. So, it's 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 really interesting, right? So if you if you look at these words as potential turning point words. Then you're going to have a different relationship to it. I know it's difficult, but you d- you can breeze through it. You don't have to like defend every position or agree with everything he's saying. Okay. And one more question. That's okay. Yeah. I did. Okay. Okay. Uh, I can testify
0: yeah. to the approach.
1: You can, yeah. That's, yeah, this is not new. If we've been around Dharma teachers, we you know this is what. I think i this to get
0: reading as a problem. So. Still, the approach just works for things that are seen incomprehensible. Yeah,
1: and, then then kind of goes in. Yeah.
0: And you start calling different kinds of. Ways.
1: <clears throat> if if we think we understand it right away, then our conduct should follow, right? But it doesn't. So we have to be honest, right? Okay, so, but um, it is possible to understand this material from uh, a different, not totally different mind, but a different mind than what we normally identify with. So I really want you to find that that luminous awareness, uh, and not just be good scholars. But that's part of good scholarship, is what's what's the mind that can just hear, you know, and be released. So I'm very fond of telling the story about Shariputra, right? Of course, we kind of make fun of Shariputra in the Heart Sutra, like, Shariputra, get it, dude. You know, but Shariputra was just, didn't even go to the Buddhist talk, he just was kind of arrogant, so he didn't want to be seen going to the Buddhist talk. So he just asked somebody leaving, leaving the talk. Just somebody just stopped and said, by the way, what did what what Shakyamuni say or Siddhartha say? And he just said, everything that arises, passes away. And, you know, just realization right there. Whether you call it stream, enter or what, you know, just right there, like profound experience. We hear that and we go, okay, that's that's good, yeah. What what makes it so that someone can hear something and your whole world turns around, your, your whole fabricated structure just drops in a moment? So we're actually looking for that. In a sense, we're looking to have that kind of uh, thing happen with us where our, you know, we're not looking for like, you know, treasure hunt that uh, you know somebody can say something to us or we can read it and all of a sudden the thing drops that happens that actually happens so that's why we talk about it in the lineage
0: how many have
1: yeah and it isn't just because they've done tons of meditation it's also because the kind of like uh, you know uh you know, maybe people saw the old movie with, you know, about Helen Keller and, you know, the miracle worker, right? So, you know, she wasn't getting any of the sign language, you know, no no one was able to connect with her and finally, you know, Annie Sullivan, you know, uh, tried to, and and then finally there was the water thing and she, you know, did the water and connected, you know, the finger signals, Incredible, real story. Yes. He said that because
0: when we were talking about maladies,
1: mm-hmm. I to say, "What about blind yeah. <laughs> So, Yeah. So, there's something that you know, even if we're talking about brain science, there's something where these intuitive and intellectual aspects of the mind need to connect. They need to be seen as interdependent. Not the same, but interdependent. Because if we're just thinking, "Well, I've got to trash all words and all concepts," I'll just realize through uh, meditation right away it won't happen. You'll you'll get some water, but then the water will go into um, you know a dirty cup or one that's too small. Something. It's weird. What do you think? Also, just one reason uh, I'm having you read these horrendous literatures um, is, uh, well, for your benefit, but also um, I, I have an ambition for this temple to be just a little bit more professional than a lot of lay temples. You know, so so it isn't just like we just read. Well, I read you know kind of a summary of the Garudan or a summary of the No, we actually you know. So I can be sitting around with Jada Ramesh. I want to be sitting around with Jada Ramesh and said, yeah, a few people actually read this thing. And they go, really? Because I hate to tell you this, and because I've told a bunch of times. The lamas that come here, by and large, see Westerners as really lazy, and self-indulgent, and entitled. And because of their great compassion, they're going to come and give teachings. But generally, um, there's, you know, they're very happy we're practicing Dharma, right? Because they want us to have uh, a good rebirth like that. But um, generally, they're going well. They're very nice, but they're kind of peasants with iPhones (laughs) I'm just telling you right it's the truth so but not all of us you know I'm kind of like well we're not all like that you know so uh, of course there are wonderful students now that um, uh, you know have done study and have uh, you know done long enough retreats or geshe or dark retreats or whatever they need to do but not not so much in a temple system so that's it I've done it so I get the respect right I've done it and I don't expect other people to follow me but I know you know that's up to you but it can be done so I'm not asking anything I haven't done myself right I, I've had kids I've had divorce I've had bankruptcy I have a business right right if I can do it, you can do it. But it takes some discipline. There's no way you can say, "I'll do it." I'll read 10 minutes a day. You know, I know it's hard, but why not? What else you got to do? Sorry, I was thinking, like, oh, what's so important? That makes sense, right? I'm just rallying the troops down, preaching to the converted. I need to do a little bit of meditation, right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you shouldn't have to meditate at all. So maybe, you know, maybe we need to read Buddhahood without meditation. <laughs> 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 I'm going to read this, sucker. I remember when that first got translated by Richard Baron Chokinima, I thought, I'm getting that. And then, uh, this is this little in-joke. So, uh, uh, you, had, you had to beg for that book, they wouldn't sell it to you at first, you yeah. know. I'd give him yeah. Shay's would doing <laughs> so <too. laughs> like well you know so yeah <laughs> unfortunately that was a lot you not need to do a lot of meditation <laughs> it turns out not to be as easy as you yeah uh, not, it's not that easy <laughs> but, okay so a uh, good discussion today I don't know, I like reading this stuff, but um, I wasn't an English major, but I did get through, like, Ulysses, uh, Anna Karenina, you
0: know, like... you no Ulysses?
1: Actually, I did after a while. When, but I think, you know, I wasn't, I don't know anything about English but somehow, like, those writers force you to enter their world. They're uncompromising. You just have to get into that world and kind of go, okay, I'm going along with this. You know, and I mean, war and peace are then like, if you stop, like, well, who's Prince well, You know, but, you know, somehow you get, they suck you in. So it's a little bit like Sankhapa. You know, I know, it's like, for me, you know, too, like at first it was like reading, you know, like, I can't read this thing. Yeah. Or even Loki death. You know, it's like you have to read death. Yeah, I saw the movie. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But after a while. Yeah. So you get kind of like, I'm of calling you as You know? Like you you know what I'm saying? Okay. Interesting. This has been a Lion's Roar Dharma Center recording. For more information, visit Lion's Roar Dharma Center dot org.